As I always say, welcome back, Canadian Baseball Network fans, to the Canadian Baseball Network podcast. We recently had MLB Pipeline's Jim Callis on to speak about a couple of prospects, uh, Tyler Black and Owen Casey. We're excited today to welcome the second of those prospects to the show. Yeah, Owen Casey will be joining us, and I think like it's really interesting to hear from Jim um, in that episode and how high he was on Owen Casey. And I'm really interested to talk to him about you know, playing at the World Baseball Classic, right? Uh, especially so young, early on in his career, and, and kind of what he took from that experience. Um, and also being drafted during a pandemic, what that was like, the training, all that stuff. Um, he's talked also a lot about, you know, um, training up here in Canada and and the differences between that and obviously training in America and in terms of the weather and different components like that. So it uh, seems like quite a smart guy and a guy who really is a student of the game, if you will. So looking forward to this one. Yeah, he's had quite the experience for such a young player, just 21 years old, and he's a big-time prospect in the Cubs system that fans should be excited about. We're going to dive into it all today. We are thrilled to welcome number 47 prospect in baseball, Owen Casey, live from Arizona. Owen, how's it going? Things are going good. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, so you're in Arizona, obviously, right now, as I just mentioned. So tell me a little bit about when did you get down there to kind of start prepping for this upcoming season, and what have you been up to in the week since? Uh, I think I got down here around a month ago, um, and the Cubs are having me and a, a lot of other prospects in like uh, like a camp getting ready. Uh, that entails just like fielding, hitting, weightlifting, uh, but it's been good. You know, I've been down here for a little bit, getting my feet wet, just getting used to the you know Arizona weather, and um, it's just nice being down here early before spring training. Do sure. you know where you're headed for spring training? Did you know how that's all going to play out yet, or are you just kind of waiting to hear? Uh, I am in Big League Spring Training this year, which is very nice. Yeah, awesome. Is that's your that's the yeah. first time, right? Yeah, it is. I'm that's, pretty pumped about it. That's pretty exciting. I don't think I've seen that from the Cubs yet. What was your reaction? How did you find out um, that that was going to be the case? Uh, I was back home. I was hitting, and uh, I think our assistant GM Jared Banner called me. He said, "Hey, Owen." I said, uh, "What's up, JB?" He said, uh, "You're going to be in Big League Spring Training this year." I said, "Sweet, thanks." I got to go back to hitting. He's like, "All right, let you go." Yeah. <laughs> I got to go back to what we, what got me there, I guess. Is exactly, what I yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's going to be you. exciting to watch, uh, you know, with the big leaguers. You've been around them before, though, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but before we kind of jump to the current times, I want to jump back a little bit. I, I remember Alexis Brodnicki, Brodnicki of the Canadian Baseball yep. Network and MLB.com did a story on you after the draft. Um, and you got drafted in a pandemic year, which was very different from what a traditional draft looks like. Looking yeah, back on looking back on that time, is there some is there anything that you took from that? Anything that you learned that you kind of take with you today? Um, everywhere in base, like everyone in baseball is good. Like even I know there's only five rounds in the draft I was drafted in. Like almost all of the the free agents that were signed are just as good as the people that are drafted in the top five rounds. That's what I've really learned is that um from that process is like yeah, there was only five rounds, but you know, there's really talent everywhere. And that's the biggest takeaway I had from it was, you know, whether you were a top five rounder or not, you know, people are, there's always someone to take your spot. So yeah. you're, you're, you've really been known as a, as a student of the game. You're, you're still only 21 years old. In mm -hmm. that story, you mentioned things that I never thought I'd hear from an 18 year old. You were talking about, I think, Aaron Judge's spine angle, Carlos Correa's front arm. Where did you learn to dissect that sort of thing so young? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know. Uh, I just kind of started looking at a bunch of like hitting accounts and like kind of doing like deep dives and MLB network would always do these like podcasts or like 
sessions with like different MOB hitters. Um, and they would talk about different things. I was like, oh, stuff would clue into my head about oh what where I need to be and what position, everything like that. But it was kind of just on my own. You know, even through social media, I follow like a bunch of hitting accounts and they would talk about stuff. I'd take like stuff from different, you know, tidbits here and there and kind of just formulate my own plan on what I needed to do for my swing. But as of right now, my swing's in a very good spot and has been for the last, I don't know, year and a half, two years. Um, so I honestly, I don't really think about that stuff anymore. I legit just only think about being on time yeah. and letting my, my, my swing do its own thing and like trusting the process of what I've gone through and just being confident. Yeah, I think saying your swing is in a good spot, at least going coming out of last year from what everyone saw, is a, is a bit of an understatement. I think it's in a really good spot. Um, obviously, the invite to big league spring training, but talk a little bit more about your preparation. There's probably some young players that are going to listen to this. What does uh, you know your pregame preparation say look like for Owen Casey? Okay, so I'll get to the field. I'll go through my last year's pregame preparation. I get to the field around 1130. I have a snack. I start rolling out and warming warming up by myself around 12, 12, 15. That takes me about 30 minutes. Then I'll go to the cage. I'll do top hand swings, bottom hand swings. I don't do T work. That's just me. Is there a reason for no T work? I did a lot of T work when I was a kid. Like a lot. So um I kind of just I didn't outgrow it. It's just not for me. Um you know, it kind of like puts me in the bad positions because it makes me like leak towards the ball, like head go towards it rather than staying tall. So I kind of just like the moving ball um, because it makes me kind of just go forward rather than towards the ball with my head. So that's the main reason. And uh, I just kind of got a nice groove with doing a top hand, bottom hand, uh, like eight each side. And I'll take three swings, nice line drives up the middle or like shortstop away and then get out. And I'll go back in and just really focus on line drives up the middle. And then after cage work is done, I will go back, eat again, do on-field stuff, whether it depends on the day, whether or not I want to do batting practice or not. Um, even in batting practice, I'm still working on like just shooting the gaps, uh, staying in the big part of the field and being on time. And then if I don't take BP, I'll just shag, get my reads in in the outfield and then uh, go back in, kind of just chill for an hour, uh, you know, talk to the boys and go play. So when, how much you, you mentioned you go out and shag, get your reads. That's a big thing, obviously yeah. for players when they're not, a lot of the focus is on hitting. How much emphasis do you put on defense during the season and even into the off season? In season? Uh, I mean, it's huge. I mean, we gotta, you gotta be a good defender. You can't, you know, slack off in that stuff. So what I normally do in the in season, I'll take one round of BP in the outfield hard Every ball I can get or try to get, every read I will do and then take that off. And then in the offseason, I kind of shut it down for a little while, for like a month, two months. And then once those two months are kind of passed, I'll start doing like glove work, get my hands back into it. Um, and I'll start throwing uh, probably about a month and a half before I reported down to Arizona here. So I guess like early January, late December, I would start throwing. Um but, you know, it's a big part of the game that I think sometimes often overlooked. And I'm not going to lie, when I first got in the pro ball, I wasn't the best defender. Um, but now, you know, I feel like I make every routine play and some good ones. So it's just really about getting the ball in as fast as you can. That's really it for the outfield. You were also, you were, you were originally a San Diego Padres pick. Um, and then you were involved in quite a significant trade. 
you know, this wasn't no minor league swap. You were involved in a trade for you, Darvish. Can you kind of take us back to that time and, and how you found out and how that whole process played out? I was back home. I was hitting again. And my agent called me and he said, hey, man, you might get traded here. I said, okay. Went back to hitting. And I was like, damn. I feel kind of weird right now. Like I'm floating on like a cloud. Like this isn't real. Because I just got drafted like seven months ago or six months ago or something like that. And then I would check, kept like kind of refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter. And then sure enough, popped up, you Darvish trade and I look at the prospects that are traded. Me, Mena, Preciado, and Santana. I think Davies, a pitcher, was in that trade. Um, and I was like, damn, that just really happened. And I, 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 I tried to go back and hit. And like my mind was all like bogged and like foggy. So it was kind of weird. But honestly... I didn't really feel like, oh, you know, the Padres kind of gave up on me. They had to do what they had to do. They're trying to win. And uh, I'm just happy to be in the Cubs, that's for sure. So one thing I like to talk about when we have prospects on the show is is how different organizations work. So what are kind of some of the things that you really like about being a Chicago Cub and their developmental process? The number one thing I like about the Cubs is I feel like it's a big family. Um, they They really, really take good care of everyone in the organization, top to bottom. Um, I mean, the apartment I'm living in right now is super, super nice. Uh, even like they go above and beyond to make sure that we all the needs we want are met. And uh, that's just all I can say is that being a part of the Cubs is like being a part of a big family. And I really appreciate that because I know sometimes in pro ball, you can kind of feel like you're segregated. But here they do a really, really good job of not only making us feel like we're a part of a family, but player development and meeting whatever needs we want. So let's jump now to last spring. You had another pretty big achievement making Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. Take us through that experience and, and what you took away from being around guys like Freddie Freeman and Tyler O'Neill. I think my biggest takeaway from that was having a sense of belonging. Um, you know, playing in the WBC kind of um, opened another door like to myself, saying that I could uh, play with these like type of caliber players and being around them, I just kind of felt like normal, like, Oh, I deserve to be here. And, you know, when I got the call to be on team Canada, I was pretty pumped. And it, to this day, and I don't think I'll ever have a better experience playing baseball. You know, if I win the world series, that might top it, but uh, representing your country is something that not many people get to do. And it's, it's a pride. It's a definitely a pride thing for sure. As a, as a young, such a young player, is there a certain level of feeling like you have to prove yourself and maybe that you don't necessarily belong yet when you talk about being with Team Canada and then you kind of had that feeling once you were there? Um, no, my thought process going into it was I actually wasn't going to play. I didn't think I was going to play at all. I had no, you know, I was just going to go there. But when I saw my name in the lineup, I was like, all right, let's get it. And the next game, I was like, okay, again. And then I didn't play against the US, so I was kind of bummed, but oh well. But And then I get against Columbia. So um, the people are there to see me play. You know, they paid the mission to get in to see me play. So I don't have a duty to, you know, do well in front of them. I just, I didn't really have a sense of, oh, I got to do well here. I just go out and be me and play. Yeah. So is there anything that you, any conversations that you had with any of those guys that were big leaguers or are big leaguers that kind of stuck with you during that time? Yeah. I mean, I remember one time we were actually at the Cubs facility before WBC were kind of training and get ready. Freddie Freeman was in the cage 
And he really, one thing he said to me really stuck with me was he, you can win your routine every single day. No matter what happens in the game, you can win your routine. You can win your, you can win your cage work, your on-field work every single day. You can dominate every single day. And if you're really focused in on that and you, you do the things that you're supposed to do and then you go into the game and you're fully prepared. Even if it doesn't go well, you can go over four with four strikeouts and still feel confident the next day. And that really struck, stuck with me. Yeah, that's 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 definitely important. And that's kind of the mental side of the game that everybody talks about. But when you hear a guy like Freddie Freeman say it, I'm sure it really sticks sticks yeah. even better. Um, how do you deal with those kind of ups and downs of the of the long season? Growing up playing in Canada, shorter seasons, uh, but now you're playing pro while you're playing 150, 160 games a year. Oh, yeah. What's kind of been the biggest difference as you've gone from high school now? You're I think your third or fourth year of professional baseball. Uh, for lack of a better term, screw it whatever happens happens and you're going to play on that. I know that I'm right now in my career, I'm going to get the opportunity to play a lot. Um, so as of right now, it's you'll get another shot and what's in the past is in the past and just focus on the now. And that's really been the biggest thing for me rather than just dwelling on the bad things that could have happened, like that had happened and not riding, you know, not, not uh, letting the downs get, get you down, but just riding that line and trying to stay consistent. Spring is on the horizon, which means so is March break. So why not swing into spring with the Baseball Zone's 21st annual March Break Baseball Camp. And it takes place from March 11th to 15th, and anyone aged 5 to 13 years old can sign up. What better way for your child to spend March break than staying active and honing their baseball skills at the Baseball Zone's top class facilities? For more info and to register, head to thebaseballzone.ca. So we had Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline on the podcast if, mm-hmm. last week, uh, and he had you ranked number 47 in all of baseball among major league prospects. Is that, I always like to ask, is that something that you think about? Is it something you see? You mentioned refreshing Twitter a little bit with during the trade. How much, not stock necessarily, but how much do you pay attention to that sort of thing? Not at all. Like, I didn't even know I got ranked 47th. I think my mom or my dad sent it to me. They're like, oh, here you go. But in rea- in reality, it doesn't mean anything to me. I know the only thing that matters is when I step onto the field, what do I do? So, yeah, I don't really pay attention to it at all. I mean, it's cool, 47th, whatever. But um, I don't really pay attention to it at all, no. That's a pretty common answer among mm-hmm. among base among athletes in general. I think that they try to kind of stay away from it and just focus yeah, on the day to day. Speaking of the day to day, going through your off season, what does an off season for Owen Casey look like? You know, you get done whenever you get done, October, November, depending on when it is, and then kind of take me through the month by month of what you do to get prepared for a season. October took off, just lifted, no baseball. Even though I wanted to hit, I didn't hit because I think I needed a break in my mind more than anything needed a break. November, I kind of started swinging in November. I just like to swing. So I, started lifting I was going to say, Owen Casey, Owen Casey didn't hit in October? No, I didn't actually, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever done that. November hit, lifted. December hit, lifted. Went down to Florida, actually, in December um, at a place called Cressy Sports Performance in West Palm. Amazing place great people and then i went back home for christmas stayed there for about three or four weeks same thing hit and lift uh started to throw do some outfielding drills you know get ready to come out here and then here every day i wake up around 6 30 6 45 get to the park around 7 eat warm up 
warm up again, run, um, do my hitting, defense, and depends depending on whether or not we do uh, on field BP or not. That's my day. Pretty pretty short right now, um, but we're getting ready for spring training. Is what we're doing. And getting ready for big league swing training, as we already mentioned. Oh, yeah. so tell me a little bit about what are your expectations going into this and what do you hope to take away from it, regardless of how it goes? Just really watch on how the big leaders do their thing. Um, you know, stay out of the way. Just do my thing early. Let them do their thing. You know, I, obviously I would like to play. Um, but whether or not, if it happens or not, you know, I'm really going to learn from the big leaguers and how they go about their day and what makes them so good. Is there any big leaguers within the Cubs on the Cubs right now that you've interacted with that kind of have had an impact on you? Um, honestly, not right now because they're kind of just filtering it right now. So a couple of days, but no, I'm sure within the next couple of weeks there'll be one or two that are you know say a couple of things to me. But as of right now, no, not really. But I'm sure that'll come. Do you ever take time to kind of step back, especially being so young? I find it interesting. At 21 years old, you, you're obviously very mature. But do you ever take a to- take time to step back and see how far you've already come in your career? I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I will be kind of like sitting in my car or something like that. I'm like, damn, I'm here right now. And like what I had to go through being from Canada and like the journey I had, especially with the 2020 draft. Yeah, I do look back on things sometimes, but I just, like I said before, I just try to stay in the now and really just be to have my feet planted and just like focus on what I'm doing the day of. Is there anything away from the field maybe that helps you stay kind of grounded? Like what do you like to do in your spare time? Is there any activity you like to get away from the field to do? Um, I do sleep a lot, but honestly, I play a decent amount of video games. It's kind of hard right now because I do have a lot of my play right now, but like in the off season, ooh, yeah, video games is number, is a big one for sure. I meant to ask, I'm going to jump back. What's the pregame snack? Whatever is at the facility that day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's normally like rice, it's normally like rice, chicken, and vegetables, which I'm completely okay with. Yeah. And so what yeah. what video games are we talking here? I'll sometimes play Call of Duty, Fortnite, um, a game called Rainbow Six Siege, which is also also another like shooter game. Um, I don't play sport games because they make me pretty mad. <laughs> so I like to try and stay away from those ones. But uh I'll play a game that will be the show here and there. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess one thing about, you know, you, you read scouting reports on your game. And one thing that people sometimes say that say you need to work on, there's a little bit, maybe too much swing and miss at times. How do you go about working on you? Th- first of all, do you think that's an issue that you have? And and how do you go about working on that, especially at such a high level where the pitching's so good? If I'm really quite frank with you, I really couldn't care about my swing and miss. Because if you look at my stats, the, I had a 36er, 36% strikeout rate, I think, first half. I think I dropped it ten percent after the second half, but in all in all, I really couldn't care because when I hit the ball, things go good. Um, so you know, obviously, it's not good to strike out thirty percent of the time. It's just really trying to put bat on ball and not trying to kill it because I don't need to swing hard to hit the ball hard. Yep. So it's just really you know just trying to play play pepper with the ball. Is that something that has ever mentioned to you about something that they want you to work on, or is it just? You know, it's just part of the development process. Honestly, no, they really haven't mentioned anything to me, which I actually appreciate because they know it's going to get better the more pitches I see. So, and I've obviously communicated that with them. You're like, oh, and you know, what are you going to do with strikeouts? Nothing. I'm going to keep doing me and it's going to keep continuing to get better. So you mentioned it goes from 36 to 10 in the second half. I didn't actually realize that. 
What was no, the not difference? ten? Uh, Twenty six. Just went down ten percent. Oh, went down ten percent. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So it went down ten percent. Was there a reason for that, or again, is that just kind of the ebbs and flows of a season? I think part of the reason was they were using sticky balls at the start of the year. They were like they were uh, they were um, uh, like experimenting with the new balls or something like that. They were insane, and then after the second half, they kind of dropped them and used just regular balls. But I also felt more comfortable that I could play pepper with the ball second half, you know, just more and more AB. So I think both attributed to my lower strikeout rate was me getting more comfortable and the, the different ball. What's the biggest difference in the jump between high A and double A? The stuff is way better. Like the pitcher stuff? Yeah. Yeah. The, they throw harder and their, their stuff has more bite for sure. So yeah. I guess going forward, what are your goals? Not only spring training, we kind of touched on that, but goals for 2024. Are you a goal setter? Are you a guy that likes to just go with the flow? How, how, how does Owen Casey think and approach a season? I'm not a goal setter. I just try to do my very best every day. And um, when I lay my head in the pillow at night, I think back and say, did I do everything in my power to be the best person I could be today? And that's all I can really ask for and really do. So I asked, we had Tyler Black on uh, the podcast. Nice. He was ranked number 46, and, and he's going you know, with the Brewers. Everybody knows yeah. uh, his success. And I asked him this question. I'm going to ask you the same one because I asked Jim this as well. Do you feel like you're ready to make the jump to the big leagues? I felt ready last year. And what, um, what was there a moment, in, not, maybe not one moment in time, but a, but a stretch of games or a stretch of time where you were like, okay, I'm, I, I can do this? In the WBC, yeah. Yeah, in the WBC, I felt like I could do it. Um, it's just all mental, and I'm still figuring that out now. You know, people may say I'm not ready, but in my mind, I feel like I am, and I just need that shot. And whether that comes this year, next year, or years in the years in the future, it doesn't. it's not up to me. You know, I mean, it kind of is, based on my play, <laughs> but um, uh, it's not my decision whether I get that call or not. So, you know, I'm content with, giving 100% every day and letting everything play out. Yeah, this was a fun conversation. A lot of great insight. We appreciate you joining the show. Thank you very much. Was that a 21-year-old prospect we were just talking to, Jackson, or a 15-year major leaguer? Yeah, that was really something. Uh, Owen provided us with a lot of uh, insight there and clearly takes a lot of pride in his work. Uh, Boy, what a you know, what a treat that was. Yeah. And uh, like we said, like beforehand, when we were talking about these guys, there's a common theme among these high end prospects or even like the Matt Brash that broke into the big leagues, the confidence that they show um, in their ability and, and what they can do. They really believe in it. And that, and you have to have that if you think you're going to make the jump to the big leagues. Zibin, Tyler Black, Damiano Palmajani, many others we've talked to. There's that, collective sort of confidence with Owen. I think what we heard today was, you know, a real clear understanding of what makes him good. Right. And a, a clear understanding of not worrying about others' opinions and just going out there and doing his thing. And I, you love to hear that, right. It's such a refreshing thing to hear. Um, and winning his routine, right. That, that term winning your routine reminded me a lot of what Palmajani, Damiano Palmajani talked about right? In his off season is, is winning the day in the gym, winning your routine. And I think that, you know, what Freddie Freeman mentioned, Owen is something clearly he was already practicing prior to that, uh, but has clearly continued to do so. 
And, you know, everything he talked about with his process and his preparation and his sort of mentality in the game, it's really coming across on the stat sheet, uh, as you alluded to, Matt, as we talked about with Jim uh, when we spoke with him and uh, a shining profile of a prospect who's on the rise fast here. And he gave one of the best answers to a concern about the swing and miss in his game that I've ever heard. He doesn't care <laughs> because you. when, as you said, when he hits the ball, good things happen. And that's Jim said he could be, a, he believes he could be a 35 to 40 home run guy in the big leagues. Um, and I think, you know, based on all projections, based on the way he's performed so far, that certainly seems to be a possibility. You know, he, he said, so he thinks he can play in the big leagues and it's, just up to somebody to give him that shot. And I have a feeling whoever gives him that shot will be pretty glad they did. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too. You, you hear the confidence, but you also hear him talk about that U, U Darvish trade, right? Mm -hmm. And how he was kind of in a fog and kind of on a cloud and he's refreshing Twitter. That's the human element of the game that people love. These are still human beings. It's still the, you know, they're very good at baseball. That's what their their profession is, but they're still people at the end of the day. So it's kind of interesting to hear him kind of go more on the the, the human side of the game and, and something like a trade. One thing, too, you mentioned that and, and sort of being attuned to that. He remembered all the prospects right away who he was traded with, right? Um, but also, like, he knew his strikeout rate, right? He, it's not like he wasn't paying attention to it. Like, he he knows the exact rate. He knew how much it dropped as well. It's just something that clearly doesn't bother him. And that's really impressive, I think, from someone who is still so early on in their career. We asked Tyler Black if he thought he could play in the big leagues now. He said yes. We asked Owen Casey. Not only did he say yes, he said he could have done it last year. And and again, going back to the conversation with Jim, he said he wouldn't be surprised if he's in the big leagues by the end of this year. Now, after I didn't doubt that at the time, based on what he's done so far. After speaking with him, I'm even more confident that if an opportunity arises, the Cubs will have no problem promoting Owen Casey. Yeah, and so if you're a Canadian baseball fan, like definitely something to be keeping an eye on this summer with the Cubs, right? Whether there's injuries in the outfield, right? Depending on you know what they do, uh, still some free agents out there, of course, but. Um, Man, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of fun to be had. I think if you're uh, keeping an eye on the Cubs and specifically their outfield this year. Another great guest, obviously, as you just heard, and we have more on the way. So make sure to tune into every Canadian Baseball Network podcast and subscribe to CanadianBaseballNetwork.com. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out Canadian Baseball Network for extensive and comprehensive coverage of the latest in Canadian baseball. And The Baseball Zone, Canada's leading instructional baseball academy and training home to thousands of MLB, pro, college, and youth baseball players.